When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But coming up, the man who shook the world of pro wrestling. No introduction needed. Over 20,000 fans going absolutely bananas at Arthur Ashe Stadium there in New York City for uh, Dynamite and Rampage, uh, which are both recorded at the same time. Still bugs me a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just you know, 20, 30 years of Raw and SmackDown. That's, But anyway, uh, it was great. It was great. We will get to it. Um, quite a bit of news this week. Uh, before we get into that, let's do some introductions. I am Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD. I am the host of this show. And one of the things that we do at WrestleWolf, which is a little bit different to other podcasters, there are a, a cast of other characters, but they don't actually appear on the podcast. Let me explain what I mean. <clears throat> there is the occasional co-host of the podcast, Sir Matthew Kayfabe. Uh, he will be giving his thoughts via me. Uh, and then there is Paul Tanner, uh, newsman, uh, who feeds me little bits of uh, information, um, and also occasionally his opinion on wrestling. It's usually AEW really good, uh, everything else not so good. Um, that's not true. He loves New Japan as well. Anyway, let's get into said news, which has been handed to me by our reporter, Paul. Uh, first things first... Uh, Bray Wyatt appears to be coming to AEW. That's the word from Dave Meltzer. And he, this morning, just posted something on Twitter in relation to Seth Rollins, who has just done an interview on the Broken Skull podcast hosted by Steve Austin. Stone Cold. Why am I calling him Steve Austin? What's that about? Anyway, uh, being... <laughs> being uh, yeah, being it's hosted by Stone Austin, Stone Cold Austin, Jesus Christ, Stone Cold, um, where he, Seth Rollins, that is, has said that he was ropeable with Vince McMahon for the booking in their 2019 Hell in a Cell match now. Jesus Christ, is that right? Is that right? No, 2020. I think it's 2020. It can't be two years ago. Anyway. 
Um, which is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, that Seth is criticizing Vince's booking on the WWE network. I know Stone Cold gets a little more leeway, but it's <clears throat> it's a slippery slope. You start uh, slagging off Vince. I don't think Seth is that much of a protected species at WWE. I really don't. Um, so, yeah, I just wonder whether... I wonder if Seth is um, talking to or thinking about the talking to other companies or thinking about leaving WWE because we've only really seen um, people slag off the company when they're or not even slag off just you know say that there was something that they were unhappy with it's such a sort of um, draconian ship over at Connecticut that it, that it just doesn't happen and if people do um, sort of fall out of step they are punished. Um, so, I mean, I know Seth Rollins is a big name. He's huge. You know, he's a top guy there. But um, I found that very interesting. So he essentially tweeted it as such as well. And then Bray Wyatt appeared out of nowhere and said, "Wait until you've got. Uh, wait until you hear what I've got to say." Uh, which would suggest that he is going to do a tell-all interview about WWE that usually happens on Talk is Jericho that's usually where the big names go um so yeah that seems to be confirming Dave Meltzer's uh, attitude is that um Bray is going to go to AEW uh Impact again is always kind of mentioned but I can't imagine a name in wrestling as big as Bray Wyatt no offense to Impact um going there first um, the storyline is that the Dark Order, so storyline-wise, the Dark Order have been all over the place, and they were led by uh, Brody Lee. Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt in real life were best mates and also part of the Wyatt family for a long period of time in WWE, uh, and Bray took it really hard when Brody passed away, which a lot of people did, but, I mean, they were actually very close. Um, and AEW Dynamite is in Brody's hometown this week. And that's the kind of thing that AEW does. They would debut Bray Wyatt to take over as the leader of the Dark Order in Brody Lee's hometown. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it all kind of makes sense. Um, you would think that, you know, Bray Wyatt debuts on Wednesday and then the Talk is Jericho episode, whenever that drops, I think it's Friday. Uh, would be, you know, so it's all pointing to Bray Wyatt debuting with AEW, <laughs> which is amazing. You think that, um, yeah. Anyway, it's another it's another step in AEW really starting to take over as as the biggest um, wrestling promotion on earth. I know that uh, Raw beat Dynamite in the ratings this week by about four hundred thousand, but. Um, you remember this time uh, last year, I mean, Dynamite was about a million behind Raw. So, just saying. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts could be back on TV as soon as this week. He has a, um, a lung disease that inhibits his uh, breathing capability. Um, he hasn't had COVID that I'm aware of. 
Um, this is a separate um, problem that he has, um, but supposedly he had also uh, hurt his ankle, which had kept him off his feet for a long period of time. So uh, we may see Jake the Snake back on Dynamite or Rampage as soon as this week, although some would argue that um, Lance Arch has kind of elevated himself a little bit without Jake the Snake. But I think... Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've kind of spoken about a lot on the podcast in regards to that, of like, is he, um, was Lance Archer the right person to team Jake the Snake with? You kind of, you want someone, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. Lance Archer's not a great promo, but he's not the worst. Um, but I would like to see Jake the Snake uh, manage someone. I think, he, you know, even if he, like, I know this is a weird pairing, but if he did uh, something with, like, Joey the, uh, Joey, Joey the Janella, <laughs> Joey Janella or something, maybe, someone that they need to elevate who isn't catching on fire on a promo, even though Janella is a good promo as well. Anyway, um, Christopher Daniels appeared on Impact this week, so that kind of gets around the AEW retirement angle, but also allows him to wrestle, and essentially those two companies are so sisterly now that it's almost like wrestling for the same company, Uh, and that's a big deal for Impact, and I think it's great, again, when you see people like Christopher Daniels, Christian, uh, going back and working with young talent like Ace Austin, it's just, I mean, you can't, you can't put a price on on how much that will help develop the young talent that that is on Impact. Uh, Sammy Callahan, speaking of Impact, has gone in for uh, shoulder surgery. He'll be out for the next two to three months, which is a big blow for Impact because he does drag a lot of eyeballs to the product. Um, so nothing really can be done about that. That was done at an Impact tape in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah. No Sammy Callahan for a couple of months. Sorry, Impact fans. Marty Scroll will be returning to wrestling next month in Puerto Rico for a company called CWA. Uh, he was going to appear for New Japan Pro Wrestling USA or NJPW Strong, uh, but those plans were scrapped due to fan backlash. So uh, Marty Scroll was... Uh, outed during the speaking out uh, hashtag that uh, trended last year that highlighted a lot of really terrible sexual harassment, sexual abuse uh, stories within the wrestling industry. Uh, yeah, and Marty Scroll was, was outed in that. Um, yeah. Uh, there isn't really much else to say. It, it feels like... Yeah, I mean, it was something that happened five years ago. He was very young as well, but uh, the story is pretty terrible. Um, I'll let you Google that. I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast. Um, And it just feels like he's this sort of ghost wandering around trying to get back into wrestling and uh, people are not interested. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, keep you up to date with that, but uh, no Mighty Scroll return at the moment, and that's, I can't see that changing any time in the foreseeable future. Let's get into Dynamite. I'm not, I, again, I didn't watch enough of Impact this week, I think, to review it properly. 
Um, I did try to incorporate them in the news a little bit just to, you know, if you do tune in to get some imp- an impact fix, that's what's happening. Uh, there's a... Um, the main storyline is that uh, um, Christian Cage is being challenged by the X Division champion. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, what the, I didn't watch it, so I'm not going to review it because I forget names and all that kind of thing. I have to take notes. Um, so if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. Let's get into Grand Slam, man. There was so much that happened on on this, and it's a four-hour episode as well, not the podcast of of AEW. Um, so we've got more than enough to talk about. Uh, we started with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. Uh, yeah. Brian looks like he's bulked up a little bit. I don't know if you guys have think that. He just looks a bit bigger around the arms and shoulders. The yes chance that I've sort of been banging on about for the last few weeks. Um, Brian Danielson came out this week and addressed that. He's not doing that out of respect to WWE. Uh, he had a, a conversation with a couple of people before he left. And WWE kind of said, like, we know we don't have a leg to stand on here, but it would be great if you didn't use our IP. Um, I saw a couple of commentators cracking it that, you know, the yes chant is not WWE IP. It was being used in, in MMA UFC before he started using it. Um, look, I think that's testament to, to Brian and the kind of guy that he is. He doesn't want to burn any bridges on the way out. And he also did say that he wants to try and take his character in a different direction. And that's cool as well. Um, I just think the fans are so desperate to do it. You can just tell and he's not doing it and you're just not getting that full release. And the one thing that, I mean, it it puts, I think it puts Brian Danielson in a difficult spot because he can tell that the crowd want to do it and AEW have basically always gratified their fans since they've started with anything that they really want or really don't like. Um, and I can't see Brian changing his mind anytime soon so i don't know whether that will have a it's a small thing but you know these small things make a big difference overall i don't know whether it'll have an effect on brian danielson full stop am i overreacting there i don't know i feel like you know i just feel like people want that release they want to be able to do the yes chant with him and for him to not be doing it uh kind of feels he kind of you know just with his entrance, it just feels you leaving leaves you feeling a bit empty. I think, but he did have probably match of the year. <laughs> so, um, the noise before these guys locked up was was huge. Uh, some fantastic mat wrestling, great rope wrestling inside the ring, outside the ring. These guys were working nice and snugly. Um, you know, I mean. I'm not a good enough uh, technical reader of wrestling to to do these guys justice in the ring. It was a fantastic match. Me personally, uh, I like the draw. Uh, Sir Matthew, Sir Kayfabe, picked it. He actually said to me on like Tuesday, Wednesday, he's like, it's going to be a draw, man. Uh, it's the only way that they can keep the story going and not make anyone look weak, um, which was the big criticism of it. But I think, you know, like... There's TV time that was never used in WWE. It used to get used in NWA all the time. It is a bit of an out, but it's it it adds a, a 
it adds a level of realism that that works in wrestling. I, I really liked it. Um, next up, we had uh, Pillman versus MJF. The reason why I'm not banging on and on about that is that there's what else can you say? I mean, it's Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. It was always going to be amazing. It was amazing. Dave gave it five stars. We all got to fucking high five. We move on. <laughs> uh, Pillman versus MJF. Both uh, both worked really well in the ring in this match. Uh, MJF executed the heel stuff well. Pillman did the same with the babyface comeback in this match. I'm liking that MJF is winning clean when he does win. Uh, you want him to be... I feel like you want MJF to be a capable heel. Um, not a complete dastardly one that can't win without Wardlow or you still want him to be a top guy, just a bad guy, you know? Um, I'm not sure if this story will continue or if MJF will move on to a tight onto a, a title picture. Um, I would really like this story to continue, but you, you need to have MJF win to keep him hot as a heel but there's no point in having Pillman in a long feud with MJF if he doesn't overcome the heel in the end. Um, so I'll be interested to see what happens. I think it, they they might have booked themselves into a corner a little bit here. Um, but they're both massive talents, so I can't wait to see what they what they both you know what what Tony Khan does with both of them next. Uh, Malachi Black versus Cody. This match didn't move me. If I'm being honest, um, I'm glad Black won. I've completely gone cold on Cody Rhodes. Uh, I really want to see Black move on to someone else. Maybe John Moxley. Um, you need to feed the beast, the beast a bit as well. I think with with Black, I mean. Um, so, but yeah, I don't want uh, mid noughties, <laughs> uh, you know, squash matches for Black. Um, but I just can't think of... I, I think Moxley versus um, Black would be a great feud. Also, Buddy Murphy. Uh, I can't remember what his new name is. I'm sorry, guys. I'm using his old WWE name. Um, I think they might be waiting for him to appear. Because um, this just kind of feels a little bit like treading water at the moment. Uh, FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen. This match was never going to get the same amount of attention as, you know, CM Punk's match or uh, Brian Danielson versus um, Kenny Omega. But I really, really enjoyed this match a lot. I, I, you know, it, I'm not going to say it's better than Danielson or Omega, but I I might have enjoyed it more. Um, I, I was mostly taken by Sting's performance. He can still really go. Um, at a tag level at least. And, and it was so nice to see that. You know, I kind of forget how much I love Sting as a wrestler and how many hours of enjoyment the Sting versus NWO or even Wolfpack. I mean, Matt and I joke about that a lot, um, about how much we both loved NWO Red, but uh, Red and Black. But we did, and Sting was part of that as well. I like the red face paint. I don't care what anyone says. I, you know, and um, you know, I didn't watch TNA when he was on it. I, I have a, a much bigger appreciation for what they did for wrestling in that sort of 10, 15 years where I wasn't watching, and I know Sting was a big part of that. And you can see why he's ultimately he's 
effortlessly charismatic, but he's also, you know, he doesn't have a huge um, move set, but he, what he does have, he executes well. And um, you can just tell that he, he's good with psychology. He's good. He knows how to pop crowds and how to tell a story in ring. And he's doing that with Darby Allen. Um, yeah, FTR, however, are the story here for me. Uh, they get the win, and I think they're going to come for the Lucha Bros, which is a license to print money uh, and, and could be a match matchy of the year contender before the bell's uh, even been rung. Although there's, they're going to have some stiff competition this year. Uh, Britt and Ruby put on a fair championship match here. Uh, it held my attention... Um, nothing really from a wrestling point of view put me out. Uh, I just couldn't click with these guys in this match, which is weird because I love both of them as performers. Uh, they'll have better matches than this, Ruby and Brett. Uh, Jamie Hayter interests me. I wonder if they'll they have long time long term plans for her as champ, or or if she's just getting a rub with Brett. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with that. Uh, next up, we had Rampage. Uh, so we start with um, CM Punk versus Will Hobbs. The elbow drop is back in the arsenal for CM Punk. A little rusty on the way up, but well executed um, on the way down. Uh, I was really invested uh, into Hobbs versus Punk by the, by the end of the match. Punk's not just an investment in a great promo for Tony Khan and AEW. It's an investment in one of the best wrestlers going around, and it's slowly starting to show again. Uh, Punk isn't setting the world on fire just yet in ring, um, but he will. And uh, in the meantime, he's still setting a standard for the younger guys to, to aim for, as far as ring psychology is concerned, you know, um, telling the story, and giving us some legitimately solid wrestling matches Uh as he's getting back to being his best, you know. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Cargill should be the feud uh, for these women next. Nyla Rose has been given a lot of airtime and hasn't caught fire. Um, and also, if we're being honest, she hasn't improved. I don't really like talking about performance this way, but it's been two years and not at any stage really have I been like oh cool Nyla Rose match um I yeah it's just I don't know it's just not clicking with me or for me um I I don't know what you could do I think a manager is maybe the right idea she her personality this this happens a lot with AEW guys that have been around from the start her personality on BTE is great she's really funny maybe a face turn is what needs to happen with Nyla i think the idea of like oh well she's big so she's got to be um a heel is wrong cuz i don't know if her personality is naturally that cuz it feels forced um Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Adam Cole's pop was bigger than Punk's. 
the Adam Cole baby. I mean, it was huge. I tried to, I was going to use it as the intro for the podcast, but I just couldn't get a good version of it. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Taz singing along to Jungle Boy's theme or other, like any theme really is not getting old. Another little conversation that uh, Matt and myself had was how good Taz has been on commentary since he's got back to the big time. Um, I mean, he's been doing dark and dark elevation for two years and stuff. And that's fun, him and Excalibur, but they don't take it seriously. When he's on and is doing, I mean, he's doing about four things at the moment uh, for AEW. He's, he's probably the most valuable utility they have, you know. He's managing, he's ring announcing, or not ring announcing, he's commentating, um, coaching a little bit. I know he's doing some producing out of the back as well with with Team Taz stuff. So, um I think he could be with Excalibur. They could be the um, that would be the desk that I would want to rampage. Just the two. I'm a big two man desk guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe Don Callis and Excalibur on Dynamite as well. I would have Tony doing interviews, like in ring stuff and backstage stuff, um, and Jr. doing sit down promos and stuff. Um, and that'd be it. I like Jericho. I know there's a lot of backlash about how loud he's being and stuff, but I think he's he's trying to do a Roddy Piper uh, thing. Um, and it's probably grating on people a little bit. Uh, Ricky Starks was better this week than he was last week. I think as he gets more comfortable, he might, you know, fill that role a bit. Um, but yeah. Um, where are we up to? Cole was good as uh king heel in this match christian did some some solid bumping work as always he's such a good worker christian um which is considerable when you think about his age as well i mean the lengths that this guy's going to and he's doing the same thing in impact as well um however there's uh good nights and and bad nights for jurassic express and this match left the needle pointing at meh for me a little bit with Jurassic Express. I don't, again, I don't like being super negative about things, but if there's things that aren't hitting with me, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys, I don't, um, yeah, I, I mean, Christian and Jurassic Express are now a thing, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, storyline wise that there is a story behind it, you know, that, Christian sees a lot of potential in Jungle Boy and stood up for him when he first got there and now they've sort of become friends and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I just don't know if they're setting the world on fire and, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And also, like, Luchasaurus, for, for how amazing he can be, there are times where he's just not, um, just not quite there. Um, so I don't know what you do about that. I don't know if you get them to drop off TV for a bit and really really hone their in-ring stuff or just keep them in the ring and hope that they improve. Because we've, you know, we're getting to the two-year mark now and so you're starting to see who has improved and who hasn't. I would say Orange Cassidy is a big improver. Ricky Starks is a big improver. Um, I think Jungle Boy has improved, but still has a long way to go, especially with promos and stuff like that. Luchasaurus has not, his in-ring stuff has just not improved at all. And you start, you have to start sort of um, thinking like, well, is he? 
you know? And is he going to be able to step up to the next level and be a top guy? I just don't know. I love him. I love him as a character. I love ridiculous characters that are great and funny. And But, um, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit brutal. But it just feels like, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know, man. It's the same thing every week. You're always kind of missing three or four spots. And Anyway, uh, Jericho also getting a huge pop in New York. The men in the men in the year were in matching trunks, which is always a big tick from me. Uh, Ethan Page's facial acting in ring is maybe the best in the company. He never oversells, but you notice him when he's expressing something. Um, I'm glad Men of the Year got this win. I, I really like him as a tag team. I'm not into the MMA crossovers at all. They always lead to a lame MMA style wrestling match where everybody looks bad. The, the MMA guys look bad the wrestlers look bad it's never i've never there's never been a ufc or mma wrestling crossover where i've been into it and i i just you know every time this happens i feel like we end up saying the same thing of like you're not going to get mma fans to come to wrestling because they want to watch real fighting <laughs> and they just look at wrestling and go, that's fake fighting. I don't know. Maybe it will be different with AEW because the product is good, but I, I doubt it. Um, massive respect to Santana and Ortiz for dressing like the baseball furies from the Warriors in New York. Um, it was nice to hear uh, Orange Cassidy's pop from, from the New York crowd as well. People haven't forgotten him, even though uh, the bookers of AEW seem to have. Um, again, Private Party hit some tag team moves that reminded me that they can really wrestle. Um, and it's another piece of evidence that the Matt, Hord- Matt Hardy office isn't working for anyone. Uh, Santana and Ortiz win, which is great. Uh, this then led led to an average women's match between Anna Jay and Penelope. Uh, the Matt Hardy office protecting the ring. Orange Cassidy came back out. Um, with, you can tell, by the way, that I'm reading my own notes, so I don't care about this. Um, came back up from a reunited Dark Order. That was the only thing that was like, oh, Dark Order back together. Oh, no, Evil Uno's walked off. Um, which, again, points to Bray Wyatt showing up this week. Um, and this is my prediction. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. Uh, Bray Wyatt will debut on Dynamite this Wednesday and become leader of the Dark Order. Uh, and then we had the Lights Out match. Uh, the The match was exactly the kind of match that allows AEW to show what Suzuki has to offer. And I got a message from Matt basically saying that, uh, you know, like, oh, I wasn't into him, but now I am. Uh, same could be said about Eddie Kingston. It's a really nice moment for Eddie in a match, uh, you know, to be in a match that's headlining such a big show in AEW, you know, in, sorry, in New York for AEW. Um, this match has some really nice hardcore moments. It was great to see Homicide get a run, uh, get a cameo. Uh, the crowd popped as much as you could expect for Homicide because not everyone's going to know who he is. Um the buzz in the crowd seemed to have died down a little bit by the time this match happened uh, compared to Omega and Danielson match. Um, but overall, 
I mean, how good was this for TV wrestling? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not even a pay per view. It, it kind of is, kind of was, but they managed to put on a pay per view event. Definitely in size, and I would say definitely in quality, without any titles changing hands. It was, you know, storyline-wise, it was just a, the weekly continuation, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know how to explain what AEW's doing at the moment. I, I mean, I could use really uh, boring analogies that would distance you guys from me, like cricket analogies, but they, it's just... You know, in anything, there's a technique that will get things done. And I think Tony Khan and the EVPs and and any of the producers or coaches, as they're called in AAW, are just doing the basic things correctly. Uh, There's my alarm going off. Um, And uh, talking of doing the basic things correctly. (laughs) Turn your fucking shit off when you're recording, don't you? Um, Yeah, it's... um, and I think that's, you know, it just, you know, I feel like I, I end the, the podcast saying the same thing most weeks, but the vast majority of this four hours of AEW program this week was just basic booking. Everything that happened was like, oh, well, that makes sense, and that ticks off, and that connects to that over there, and oh, yeah, okay, a draw between BD and Kenny Omega, that makes sense, because the feud can keep going, there's no, uh, there's no swerves for swerves sakes, there's no shoving things down people's throats, and, you know, in the Fed's home market, 20, over 20,000 people showed up to what I'm sure, uh, the people at Titan Towers would consider an indie show, and, um, people loved it, people loved it. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I will, I'm going, I'm hoping to actually bring the release of the podcast forward. Um, so I'm going to try and do it on Saturdays, Australian time. So you, so most people will have it by Sunday rather than Monday night. Um, I'm going to just think if I'm going to review the week's wrestling, then it's makes sense to do it straight after it's finished. Um, so I'll be doing that from now on. Matt and I have been talking about bringing the reconsidering arc back, um, but it will be, uh, there won't be as much, it won't be a weekly show. We just cannot, we just don't have the time to do it. I mean, it won't, we won't be going back to WCW weekly shows. We'll sort of just be randomly picking events um, and watching that and then just chatting about it. So not sure when that'll be happening. I think that, you know, at the earliest, it'll be at the end of this year. Uh, but it is something to look out for because uh, I really enjoy doing those. And I know Matt did as well. So, um, you know, one week could be the first Raw and then the next week could be Clash of Champions 88. And then the next week could be, you know, the first All Out. So, um, yeah, that feels better as a concept but anyway when that happens uh closer to the time i will let you guys know about that as always thank you so much for supporting the podcast if you want to um let people know about us we're at WrestlePod on all the socials um but until next week uh brother friends or brother dudes and brother dudettes may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night